You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. As soon as they started uh, doing the soundtrack for the Tomb Raider movie, they really just became a legit band. And before that, um, uh, uh, Batman Returns, right? Or one Batman movie. Hold me, kill me, thrust me, throw me, kiss me. That was was a Batman movie, right? What was it? Wasn't well, that? Well, which Batman movie was that? Jack, you're maybe, failing me. Maybe this Bat- is the sort of thing you would normally Batman know. Forever, right? Nah, I don't know. Because that was they that was like a mid '90s song. Batman, yeah. the number four, and then ever. But it was Batman three. <laughs> <laughs> that was three four ever. Pe- people knew about forever. Yeah, I can't hear myself. <laughs> yeah, they invented that. That was like a, a marketing thing that was invented. I feel like I'm talking inside of like underwater. What are you talking? Am about? I underwater? <laughs> Is this real life? Is this uh, getting louder? Uh, is this uh, getting louder? Uh, is this oh, getting yeah. Louder? Oh, that's so much better. God, is you're this good. Is real life? <gasps> <gasps> that's the best part of that. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescube. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Ryan Geddes. Hello. And Jack DeVries is here. Yes. What am I doing here? Normally, I would introduce Jack DeVries as our freelancer, but no longer. Ladies and gentlemen, what? we have fired him. <laughs> oh, oh, this is how you tell me. <laughs> we brought you on the podcast uh, in front of millions of people. The voiceless too. HR person has some papers they would like you yeah, to sign. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, quite the opposite. We've, we have the opposite of fired Jack DeVries. Uh, we talked recently about there were some uh, organizational changes within editorial. Gettis and I were promoted, uh, so I had we had an open rec. We had someone to hire, and I would be in charge of that person. So it came to me to hire that somebody. But I knew, I knew right away. I tried to talk you out of it. Didn't I know. 
You're like, that kid, he's never going to amount to nothing. Like, you don't understand him. You don't know him like I do. Uh, no, I knew exactly. We've we wanted to hire Jack yeah. for a long time. So yes. finally, it was, the day had finally come. So welcome to uh, welcome Jack. Thank you. You've it's been good to be here. I know you've been Still. here for four years, and I know you've basically <laughs> been doing your job now for four years. <laughs> we'll show you around the offices later today. <laughs> yeah, we will. I'm gonna teach you how to use Nib. Show you the break room. I can't, I can't wait to uh, meet my editorial ambassador, Greg Miller. <laughs> oh yeah, you get to do that. Yeah, you get to take a shot with Greg. Oh, all right. And if I'm your buddy, I get to lead you around to all the other departments and explain how what everybody does. That's cool. Because yeah. I actually, what's funny is I've been here for four years. And I only know editorial mm-hmm. because I just so like I don't know who any of those people are over there. I had to go talk to marketing once. I was like, <laughs> nope, we didn't mean anything by that marketing. Buddy. Yeah, sorry, that no. was a that was a nervous, uh, not like a <laughs> yeah, not like you you are gross and you smell. <laughs> um, how's it going, guys? It's uh, we got a we oh a, man, what a what a busy week. It has been busy, right? Yeah, we got a lot yeah. of editors out at PAX. They yeah. left today for the, the Pan Arcade Expo in Seattle. Uh, and we're so, recording this on Thursday. Uh, f- full disclosure. <laughs> in the in the interest of full disclosure. <clears throat> uh, and then we got some people on vacation and stuff. And uh, we, yeah. Yeah, we're catching up. And then up. we have your, like, people like Greg Miller who just don't do any work. So yeah, we dude, have to pick yeah. up their slack mm-hmm. and you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so, and we've got a, a long holiday weekend coming yeah. up. Uh, any, our listeners that aren't part of uh, the continental United States. I guess it's even the outer continental United States, too. What do they call the does, full United does Alaska States? Alaska get just the United States, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. The, the territories. We still call them the territories, yeah, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. The colonies. Anyway, we I observe, live in uh, Alaska with like the U.S. Virgin Islands and yeah, Guam. pretty much. Does Guam get Labor Day? It's, it's like this District of Columbia. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we observe Labor Day on Monday. So we have a three-day weekend coming up here. So. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Do you have any plans, Damon? I have plans. I, uh, I know what you're doing Friday night. Uh huh. I'm DJing here in San Francisco Friday night. So, so. If you're going to be in San Francisco. Head to the Rocket Room. Yes, right? Rocket Room Friday night, 9 p.m. It'll be good. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Jack's gonna get drunk. I'm gonna get yeah. I'm gonna get <laughs> crunk up in this. Yeah, apparently that's been yeah. That's my first assignment as Damon is my new boss is yep. to get drunk at his DJing <laughs> event. Mm, man, you're a, you're a good leader, Damon. I run a tight yeah. ship. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any, any big plans for the weekend? Not really. I think um, so. My wife and I moved here a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's been nothing but moving craziness, like unpacking boxes and buying new stuff to you know for our, our place and all that. So this is the first weekend where we'll actually be able to just hang out and not do any of that stuff. So I think we're just gonna mm. chill and maybe um, take a day trip or something and just relax. Do you do you think you might chillax? I I think some chillaxing is in order. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jack is good definitely. at chillaxing. He could give me some pointers, I believe. Yeah, I uh, yeah. If you ever need to tips on chillaxing, that's what I do in the office all day <laughs> instead of uh, writing articles. So. Hey, Jack, what's your schedule like today? Just chillaxing. Yeah, they're like, can you do this demo? And I'm like, oh, well, that's chillaxing time. <laughs> Hired. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about how it's been. It's been kind of a busy week. There's been some some stuff happening. Some announcements have been made, and uh, yes. there's been some news going on. Huh. For instance, there's this new uh, Xbox 360 controller coming out this fall. You better believe it, Damon. Uh, that was announced this week. This is what it looks like to the people in the room, if you haven't Silver. gotten a look at it. Sorry for whoever's so, ears I pierced there. I, f- I feel like uh, this is a, a blessing and a curse, all in all in one. Hmm. Um, for On one hand, they're fixing the D-pad, which has traditionally been terrible on mm-hmm. the Xbox 360. I love the Xbox 360 controller. I was talking about this with Pear when we were in Germany. I think it's probably the best video game controller that's ever been made. But the D-pad is awful. It's not a good D-pad game. So it's like, as far as like two analog sticks goes and like shoulder, like trigger buttons go, 
The best controller ever made. But the D-pad is pretty much garbage. I'm a fan of the original PlayStation <coughs> controller. Yes, yeah. like, b- like before DualShock? Yes. No. No, so not the DualShock. Well, the, the the first dual analog stick PlayStation controller. That was the DualShock, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the original PlayStation controller did not have right. it's an not, analog stick, right? What? No, yeah, they added that in. Yeah. Yeah, I like that controller better than the Xbox 360 okay. controller because of the D-pad problem. Yeah. I mean, it can't be the best controller ever made if it has, like, essentially a broken element on it. You, well, yeah, it can. If, it's still, broken, if, if the other elements are still better than all the other controllers. It, it Better analog sticks, better triggers, like... Like I really don't like the just like I hate the the the, the t- shoulder buttons on the PS3. Like I like yeah. the triggers on the 360. But you're talking you know? PS3. Like the original PlayStation, I thought the trigger buttons were fine. Well, that's because we didn't we didn't hadn't experienced the triggers yet. <laughs> yeah, because Microsoft <laughs> hadn't opened had, our eyes yeah. to why triggers, triggers are better can be. to be triggers. Yeah. Anyway, can we not get hung up on this? Let's not. Let's not. Okay. Why I don't want to fight, Damon. They're fixing the D-pad. It's cool. First of all, it transforms. What? You flip it when you're playing it. You can. Flick it with your wrist, and the D-pad pops up, so it's more raised above that. Do we know what the pad. actual mechanism for raising it is? Do you just twist the D-pad, or do you just kind of turn it? How do you? It's, how does this happen? The quote from Microsoft is a twist of the wrist. A twist of the wrist. Of oh, the wrist. Yeah. So this sounds weird. It does sound weird. And is there? I would be worrying about accidentally doing this while I'm playing a game. Like, oh man, I didn't mean to do that. Well, if you're not using the D-pad, then what? What? You know, why would that be a problem? Um, let's say you're using it one way and you don't like the other way, and so you accidentally turn it the way you don't like. Mm. Mm. No, maybe you can lock it. Maybe it has a safety. Now, the weird thing about the controller, though, I don't want to get ahead of you here, but the D-pad is one thing. The other interesting thing is, to me... This is the curse part, Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they, ch- they changed the color of the buttons. This so is they're no longer the buttons. Yeah. This is an iconic... Xbox I mean, like, thing. The color Any buttons. controller. Can you imagine on the DualShock if they just like, well, now it's not an X and a circle and a square and a Y anymore. Yeah. You know, now it's... Yeah. it's, it's, it's Every, now the numbers. It's a Z, or it's a like, K, an like, L, and a W. Every tutorial is now Yeah, no or, like, or QuickTime events. Like, yeah. you know, when, when, the a button, when the A button, green A button pops up on screen and flashing yeah. for you to tap it, what now it's going to be how like... About, how about even Saw, which was subtle, they never showed the buttons at all. Like that very first one, there's just a small red flashing light, and that is your clue to press the B button. People don't often accuse Saw of being subtle, but... <laughs> no, Saw was subtle as a game. So, like, if you were playing on that controller, there'd be no way for you to ever know that it was the B button because yeah. nothing now, on your controller is red. I can hear you screaming at us, listener. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, that we all know by now that the B button is red, the yellow, the Y button is yellow, the A button is green, X button is blue, and, and that we should have memorized that by now and it should be a, like a muscle memory or whatever. But yeah. this is, it's for the mass market, for, for like not every gamer out there has that memorized. I have that 50 first date syndrome where like I have no uh, long-term memory. So every day is a brand new day that for was me. The, that <laughs> every was the day me- is memento. my first day at IGN. <laughs> this is the day you're going to be reliving yeah. over and over again. I, I just think it's a really odd move. And now they have said that this is not the controller look going forward. That this, this, this is, is a, just for it's this an isolated controller. Yes. Uh, so I, I guess just still find it very. Strange. Also, it's kind of expensive. It's sixty five dollars. But it comes what? with the play and charge. I know, I know. Right. But I'm saying I don't think it's going to be like not, this. Isn't going to be something that every three sixty owner out there has. No, just me. Yeah, just you're going to be the one. Yeah. Is this the same thing? That, I mean, last Gamescom, they kind of had this prototype, right? And it was that hideous shade of green. Well, it it yes. was released in Germany. But it was oh, previously it just a controller for Germany. But it didn't transform. No. Yeah. It, was it just, just had a different a, an improved D-pad. D-pad. Yeah. I like how uh, Jim, on this news article here, spelled out the transformer sound. 
under the image. He says, Chichu Cha Chu Cho. Chichu Cha Chu Cho. Yeah, that's, that's correct. I guess the onomatopoeia he, for he, he, phoneti- he phonetically figured it out, right? That's good. That's awesome. Um, okay, that's November 9th. This uh, kind of cool and kind of silly controller will be out on November 9th. But that's not the only Xbox 360 news we got this week. Xbox Live, gold, your gold subscription is getting more expensive. <gasps> Wait, my Xbox Live? Yours, in particular. My expired <laughs> I gold? Did, I did get an email from Microsoft saying that that was going to happen. Uh, what, that I was going to, they were raising the price? Yeah. For you. Oh, okay. They send it to all Xbox. I don't, I don't ever check my Hotmail account, so I don't ever get the uh, <laughs> updates so, from Xbox Live. Isn't that dumb that you have to have a Hotmail account, too? You can use Gmail. Mine's you can use Gmail. Yeah, yeah. I thought you had to, like, free, like, your Windows Live ID. No, you, can, you, connect, you can connect that, though, to okay. any, any email you okay, want. Well. Anyway, they are raising the price. Uh, on November 1st this year, uh, the annual fee will go up by $10. So now it's $60 a year. Uh Travesty. That, I'll happily pay it, Damon. Happily. That article went up on Monday. It was like the biggest article of the week. People flipped out. It was like th- there are thousands of comments on the article. I don't know. I mean, I think it's uh, I don't know. It's not that big a deal, is it? Here's why it's a big deal. Okay. It's because usually a price increase is coupled with additional services, right? So, but the, we are getting additional right, services, right? But it's, they're not synced together. They were announced at E3. And then now, right. a few months later, they're saying, oh, by the way, it's going to be more expensive. So E3, it was like, look at all this awesome stuff we're giving Xbox users. You know, They're going to have so much richer experience than PlayStation Network. It's great. We're just going to pile they do, it on. And they don't mention that it's They don't the mention price, that they're the going to charge more for it. Right. And now they're like, oh, uh, yeah, you, you wanted all that ESPN stuff? A, no, I didn't want all that ESPN stuff. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to pay 10, 10 bucks more. But yeah. they did the, I mean, like the previous year, they said, here, you get Netflix and didn't raise the price. Right. So I mean, like, we Well, f- Netflix, you know, fa- whether, you, whether you use it or not, Facebook, Twitter, Last FM, those are all added. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying, those were features. I, I don't know. I mean, personally, I I, uh, I get a lot of value out of Xbox Live. So, I do too. I, mean, I, I still think it's a better system than like PlayStation a friend, Network. A friend of mine said, oh, you want to you wanna charge me $10 more? How about getting rid of all the McDonald's ads on the dashboard then? I never noticed those. I don't ever like... Yeah, I will the, say that for something I pay for, there are a lot of advertisements all over it. Listeners are screaming again. I'm sorry. Like I you mean, still, like I don't pay for PlayStation to be, be on PS3. You still get and ads. There are not you McDonald's get, ads all over my. But thing. there are ads on TV though, right? Like you pay for cable and you still have to watch commercials. Yeah. Well, I don't because I have a DVR. Well, so, okay, but, but still, they're but still, still there. They still have to be fast forwarded. I will through. say that that's yeah, fine. But I just mean a comparable me, service has no ads. Television so. is also giving me content. Microsoft is not giving me content. I still have to buy all those that's, games. Well, that's true. So, like, if you want to charge me an extra ten bucks a month, give me a free game like PlayStation Plus does. Like, let me grab. A, I mean, I don't know exactly how it works, but I know there's yeah. like yeah. content involved there that's that you true. can get. Microsoft is just connecting me. It's just a bunch of ones and zeros, essentially. It's like bleeps and bloops. It's just yeah. a bunch of bleeps. And bloops. Yeah, like I'm going to connect you with people. Basically, here's yeah. a way to get online to, with people. Like, uh, so that's well, that's happening on November first. So if you uh, update your subscription before November first. You still get the fifty. You still you save that ten bucks. And if you go to GameStop where the cards are fifty dollars and you buy up on four years of yeah. them, <laughs> four then years it's, I like I already have like three cards in my house. Like, That's true. So I do have a bunch. This of is cards. never going to affect me. Yeah. It'll be the next Xbox by the time I have to buy another Xbox Live subscription. Yeah. Because uh, I have money to burn. Yeah, you do. Now you're making now, those now associate making editor the dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Balling. Uh, Valve. That's a, this is a video game developer. 
<laughs> yeah. They make what? they make video games. Huh. Okay. Um, they make some of the best video games. They make games, uh, actually cart- game cartridges then. Yes, tapes. Yeah. Tapes. Is it, it also uh, accepts. Is it subscription based? Game tapes. <laughs> uh, Valve is working on Portal Two. The past couple of years, they've seen fit to release just Left 4 Dead One and Two. Left 4 uh, Dead One and One and a Half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, I'm so <laughs> up on this. <laughs> Uh, but now, Valve, Valve President Gabe Newell has said uh, the company has no less than three major reveals planned to dole out to us over the next year. Awesome. Okay. He says, I can guarantee you people are going to be surprised at stuff we do. That isn't going to stop anytime soon. I'm just laughing because people will be shocked again. I will be shocked if they say they're developing something for the PS3. Uh, well, but they, well, they're doing Portal 2 for a PS3. Yeah, I mean, like, everything from now on. Not just everything. Like, if they will stop complaining about the PS3 and just give me games on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, you know, they've, they've traditionally poo-pooed the PS3. Yes, uh, language. Oh, I'm sorry. Ooh, this they, is a they, family they, show. There you go. That's much better. Uh, but you know, also so like, accepted cockad. It was, so yeah. Or mess. Cockad? Isn't that worse? Not in the English. <laughs> I think it is worse in English. No, in English it's just gibberish. It's just like, uh, right? I mean, I thought right? it was that was ruder than saying poo, saying caca. <laughs> what, why don't you say it, Damon? Can you say it? For me? I can say caca. I can say that. <laughs> very strange, man. You, you you have to read an email here later on too. Okay, it's, it's filled with lots of those words I don't want to say. So, do we oh. have any predictions for what these surprises I would just say are going to be? The only surprise I want, to, the only announcement I want to hear from Valve is episode three. That's a surprise. Yeah. Is going to be that they're not releasing. That's that. It. He says yeah. people will be shocked again. Yeah, I, I probably will be shocked. That they're still not going to make episode three. I think they're going to announce a a movie. That they're making themselves. Like a Half-Life movie? What? Yes. CG kind of You're a... You're just talking that of your uh-huh. thing? Yep. Arse. Interesting. First person. The main character never talks. <laughs> just carries a crowbar around. <laughs> just people talking at you. Oh, hey, Gordon. <laughs> I know Gabe... Pick that up. <laughs> Throw it away. <laughs> well, I know Gabe is a big GameScoop fan, so t- please, Gabe, just, just make episode three. It's the only thing we want you to make. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll totally play <laughs> okay, Portal 2. Plus, plus everything else game. you do, I'll also <laughs> gladly play. Well, I don't need, like, Left 4 Dead 3. You know, like. yeah. I also, I'm also interested. I, my second prediction is some sort of crazy mobile experience. Yeah, they haven't really done much mobile Like Steam, either. like, branching out into, like, iPhone? Well, yeah. I mean, that'll be a, a little bit of a tough nut to crack since Apple just announced it's, like, you know, Game Center thing. Yeah. But I, I mean, like, a, a game, like an experience, like an actual, like, entertainment experience. Um, on the iPhone or, or mobile, because mm. that's the one area that they haven't really branched out onto. That's true. And Facebook. Yeah, I want a Valve Facebook game. <laughs> How about like a point-and-click adventure? That'd Ooh, be cool. Yeah. yeah. So you, you heard you don't. He doesn't need to announce any of this stuff now because we because we, we know it. So it's not a surprise. Yeah. Just, you're welcome, listeners. <laughs> uh, out this week on Xbox Live Arcade is Dead Rising Two: Case Zero. This is the prequel to. Uh, Dead Rising 2. It's basically like one level. I thought Dead Rising 1 was a prequel to Dead Rising 2. Uh, don't, Spiritual. Don't play these mind games with me. Like yeah. You are smarter than I am. You know I can't keep up. Do not... With numbers, I am. I like to think that I'm smarter when it comes to matters of the heart. You are heart smart. Heart smart. Uh, anyway, yeah. 
it uh, takes place right before the beginning events of, of Dead Rising 2 sets up that game. Our hero, Chuck, arrives in a, a town just outside of Las Vegas where Dead Rising 2 takes place. And uh, he's Chuck gets stolen, but he's, he's with his daughter there, and she's been bitten by a zombie. And he has to give her regular <gasps> spoilers. He has to give her re- regular injections of Zombrex, so she doesn't turn into a zombie. And he has to build a motorcycle for them to get out of town on together. That's basically what you do in, in Dead Rising Two K Zero. Takes about an hour, hour and a half to beat, and it costs five dollars. Greg Miller, uh, who reviewed him, I don't, I don't know if you know. An hour? Yeah. It's true. Like, it's it's like the level. Like uh, that's crazy. But I mean, there one cool thing is that your you know your your character is persistent. Like it, the game tracks how many zombies you kill, and you level up and get experience points, and that all carries over into Dead Rising Two. So, okay. if you kill a thousand zombies in Case Zero, when you start Dead Rising Two, you'll be starting from a thousand zombies. No, nope, not, an not hour? selling. Not selling you said an hour. <laughs> Our own Greg Miller reviewed it. Case Zero. I mean, give it a six five. Seems totally fair to me. I played through it as well. That's that seems right, right up there. And I guess that's our Xbox Live Arcade game this week. So enjoy that one. Uh, and Microsoft also announced uh, this, uh, it's just a Microsoft show this week. No, we're gonna get to some. Let me look through my pages here. We have some. Do you have any Wii news? We in do. There, there's some Wii news. Oh, there's nothing in that bag for me. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of Wii news, a little bit of PSN news, a little bit of PC. Oh, and there's a, a big Wii thing uh, that has to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> big Wii thing. How's it deal with you, Jack? <laughs> okay. That doesn't get you excited? My I, big Wii is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> really? You're still making Wii jokes in 2010? That's how we Giggling. do it. <laughs> Four years of the Wii being out, you're still making Wii jokes. Still good. They're still golden. <laughs> uh, summer of Arcade just ended. Oh, uh, yeah. We had How really, was this year's compared it, to previous I don't, years? I don't, don't think it was as strong, but we had two really, really excellent games with Lara Croft and Limbo. Right. L- Limbo is so fantastic. 2008 was amazing for that thing. That was the Ye- first year they did it, right? Yes, that was. So that was Castle Crashers, Bionic Commando, Rearmed. Braid. Braid, uh, Galaga Legions, and something else. <laughs> anyway. I'm trying to think of there was another one, wasn't there? Um, yeah, it's usually five. Anyway. Now, uh, Microsoft has announced Game Feast for the fall. <laughs> Another promotion. A cornucopia of games. <laughs> for four weeks, from September 29th to October 20th. So this is starting just around the corner. And there's some actually really cool games coming out uh, as part of this promotion. So on September 29th, we're going to get Hydrophobia, which is a very cool third-person action-adventure, sort of Tomb Raider style, uh, that takes place on this underground city that's been attacked by terrorists and it's fl- flooding with water and has really impressive like water physics. Tell like. you what, I'm going to derail your, your little spiel here, but if I lived in an underground city, that would be the first thing I would be scared of is that it would get flooded with water. That, that's a really hence, hence, easy way to get to those people is to hence just pour the, a bunch of water down the there. title of, of the game. You, yeah. The character you play has a, is, she's, has a, a, a fear of water. And she has to deal with it now. She has to swim in it. That's compelling. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, by the end of the game, she will overcome her fear of water. <laughs> or die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, then October 26th, Comic Jumper is coming. This is from, the next one from the guys that did Explosion Man. Cool. Uh, another 2D action platformer where you're jumping through different comic books, has all these different art styles. Then October 13th is Pinball FX2. Hey, I mean, Pinball FX was cool. I mean, the, the guys that make the Zen Studios actually make really good pinball games. And the interesting thing about Pinball FX2 is it'll be free if you bought Pinball FX. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, but if you didn't, you, you, you can download the full game for free and then 
basically you just download like the shell of the game and then you purchase the tables individually so you can try out the tables and if you like them you can just buy the ones you want so, so i remember with the first one they constantly were putting yeah. out new tables yeah. too so. so if you actually like it it's you know it's good service and then finally on october 20th we finally get super meat boy finally that's, that's been a long time coming and that one is very very cool i'm sure you've heard us talk about that now uh like the games of summer are most of those going to be uh xbox live exclusive at least for a while uh, yes, I know Hydrophobia, Comic Jumper, Pinball FX 2 are Super Meat Boy supposedly coming to WiiWare sometime at some point. <laughs> yeah. But it's not coming to PSN. Ever. Uh, yeah. The story, as the story goes, uh, Sony dropped the ball in getting them dev kits for Super Meat Boy. It's disappointing. That's how the story goes. Hmm. Uh, this week I got to see a very, uh, cool looking new XBLA and PSN game called Outland. This is from the developers of Super Stardust HD on PSN, Housemark. And uh, so this is, Outland is a, a 2D action platformer, uh, think Prince of Persia or Out of This World, mixed with the color switching mechanic of Ikaruga. Hmm. So basically your character can switch between light and dark, and then uh, there's like bullet sprays throughout the world, and when you're, when you're white, the bullet, white bullets won't hurt you, and when you're black, the black bullets won't, won't hurt you. And then you also have, you, like when you're white, you can harm black enemies, and vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> I Sorry. love what I just Sorry. said. I love that. You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. When you're white, you can harm black enemies. Like, right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, well, to be fair, when you're black, you can also harm white enemies. <laughs> that is good true. Too. Uh, it has this very cool art style. I can show you a little screenshot there. That's a big. That's a boss fight against a giant boss called Gollum. Oh, cool. So yeah, it's very cool. Uh, it's looking really good. That'll be out next year on uh, XPLA. And they're showing this next at year. PSN. They're showing right. it at PAX, yeah. So if you're at PAX this weekend, yeah. check it out. Check out wow, Outland. That's cool. It's from Ubisoft, so I think it'll be at the Ubisoft booth. <clears throat> and uh, Trials HD is a very popular game on Xbox Live Arcade, one of the best-selling games on Xbox Live Arcade. I liked it. I li- it was part of Summer Arcade last summer. I liked it a lot. It's very, very difficult game, though. I was a little bit turned off by the difficulty, but I'm a wuss, you know. So mm-hmm. Lots of people out there really loved it. I think it sold over a million. On Xbox Live Arcade. Wow. Anyway, that developer, Red Lynx, has announced they're making a game for WiiWare called uh, Moto Heroes. And of course, since it's being made on the Wii, uh, Heroes is spelled with a Z. Of course. <laughs> it's the requisite for all... Uh... You won't even show up in the game list on WiiWare if, uh, if there's no Z at the end. Yep. So it's another physics-based uh, 2D racing game, but it has a much more... much more colorful art style than uh, uh, Trials HD had, as you can tell from the, the screenshot there. So it's much more tailored for the Wii audience, for WiiWare. Um, but uh, it's for four players. Uh, there's, you can either play... There's a single-player mode, and then there's local four-player co-op, and then there's going to be daily online challenges. But it doesn't sound like you're going to be racing against people online. It sounds like there's going to be a track that you like. everyone races on. You like download yeah. that track, you race on it, and then post your, your score mm. for that track, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the Wii. Yeah, what yeah, are you going to do yeah, on, yeah. with their internet infrastructure? Let me see that. That's cool, though. Yeah. yeah so they describe it as a physics-based racing adventure. Players race against their friends and hunt for secret items and coins on over 100 tracks. So, I mean, no, no. It may look, you know, a little cartoonish and kiddie, but Red Links is a really good developer, and Trials HD is very cool. So they could make something cool for WiiWare. And, and really, WiiWare needs more WiiWare needs, really cool titles. Yeah, WiiWare has been suffering. Uh, there was a uh, uh, pretty cool title released recently on WeWare, but we'll get to that in just a second. Yes. For some reason, people are really excited about this Back to the Future 
uh, episodic adventure games that Telltale is. I mean, on. for some reason, I, I just I mean, I, I like Back to the Future. I loved it in 1985 when I saw it. But like, I don't really like think about it very much. I think about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you how, and lots how, of other people. When talking to Greg Miller, who literally says hoverboards don't work <laughs> on water unless you got power every four minutes. Yeah, but I don't even remember that line. I only know that line from Greg Miller saying it all the time. <laughs> it's a Greg Miller line. <laughs> unless you have power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember that line in the movie. I don't either. either. But when Telltale announced they were like making Back to the Future, like I don't know, everybody flipped out. I really, I, uh, intern Alex, mm-hmm. great guy. So glad he's not on this podcast right now. Or I know. we would have a seven-hour discussion yep. about which is better, Back to the Future 2 or Back to the Future 3. And I'm tired of having that conversation. Doesn't he think how 3 does, is the best does, of the whole series? He does. Uh, yes. well, that's, well, he's leaving soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, you may remember intern Alex. He was on an episode of GameScoop, and he was also uh, hosting the, re- the recent IG Interns podcast that went up it's on the site. a good guy. Yeah. I, I took like him that. to uh, the Big Buck Hunter Oh, uh, yeah, event yeah, yeah. where we played with uh, Jack Specific's uh, shotgun attachment for the Wii. Just spring-loaded, like, full on thing, and he was kicking my butt at it. Wow. That was at Hooters. Uh, at down, Hooters. At Fisherman's in, Wharf, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. We were drinking Bud Light, keep some wings. It, keep it classy, Jack Specific. Yep. Um, anyway. So, what, who's, is it Hot Ted? Or is it Telltale? Telltale. Okay. The guys that do Sam and Max... Yeah. Uh, uh, Tales of Monkey Island, Strongbeds, you know, cool game for attractive people. Penny Arcade. Interesting license. No, that's, no. that's Hothead. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah. That is Hothead. Yeah, so now they do licensed episodic stuff. So now they're doing Back to the Future. They announced Jurassic Park at the same time, but re- this week they announced some more details about Back to the Future. No- most notably that Christopher Lloyd is going to be voicing his character, Doc Brown. And they have the likeness of Michael J. Fox. But Are you playing through the story, or is it like in the Back to the Future universe? <laughs> but it's like the that? Back to the Future animated series that was starring uh, his sons from the end of the third film. Oh. As they got into crazy time-traveling adventures on their steam-powered time-traveling locomotive. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're great, Josh. Yeah. Uh, so Back to the Future co-creator and writer Bob Gale is consulting on the game's characters and storyline. Yeah, it looks good to me. Can I have a check? <laughs> yeah, basically. Like how it's going to go down. Um, so yeah, we don't know if it's just retelling the same story or if it's going to be the further adventures of Doc and Marty McFly. But There's it's so many be out unanswered one. questions I know. about Marty. It's going to be out this winter. And uh, if you're at PAX this weekend, apparently they have an authentic replica of the DeLorean there. You can. Uh, they have a DeLorean, you mean? <laughs> like it's a real car like you can well, get but, one <laughs> but the same car from the movie with the uh, all the crazy crap on the and inside and the plutonium inside yeah. of it yeah okay. <clears throat> uh, we were just mentioning WeWare uh, and yet it moves came out on WeWare yeah Cup, last, not this week but we reviewed it this week yeah it came out last week right it came out last week yeah. didn't I review it last week uh, August 27th when was that I've lost all concept of that's, time that's last, Tuesday, uh, that's last Monday I think it just moved 27th uh, it was it was out on August twenty third anyway so that's I'm just saying yeah okay yeah whatever I didn't review it on Monday <laughs> thanks a lot Damon I'm sorry <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway uh, that's a cool game it is a cool game it's, it's been on, on PC for over, over a year now uh, I like a lot the PC version yeah right? and I think we, did we give them the same score did I give it eight 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 zero on PC you like an eight three or something oh, okay. one of our oh back, arbitrary back in the decimals. old back in the old days yeah uh, you gave it an eight point zero and we were. Yeah. And so this is like a, a 2D platformer where you have to spin the world in order to pr- you know, create uh, pathways for our hero. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And uh, it has a kind of a cool paper cutout art style. Yeah. It's funny. It looks like a, like a 
video game that like a third grader who had to do a diorama on like ecosystems made. Yeah, but it looks cool. But it's very cool. Yeah. So how did it work on WiiWare? Um, it it works really well. There are what I like is that there are like four different control schemes. So you kind of like you can figure out which one really works best for you. But they all work. Uh, Find the difference being that the PC one you turned in like ninety degree intervals. Yeah, not not here. Not in the WiiWare oh, one. Wow. You can just rotate freely. Oh, okay. So the like the tilt controls are not as um precise as I would have liked them. Mm. But at the same time, because the game is designed to be ninety degree intervals, it doesn't actually mess you up. Is there an option to lock the tilting to ninety degree you intervals? You can unlock that mode called classic <laughs> PC mode. Oh, interesting. Yeah, right. but um, like one of the you can play with classic controller, and then you rotate with the shoulder buttons. And so that's generally how I played, just because mm-hmm. it was a little bit easier. And you can use the uh, pointer to like grab the screen and turn it. I see. And and then you can you can like do twist like a key, or you can use the controller like a classic NES controller mm-hmm. until like that. So you get all these options, and you can really figure out which one you want. But yeah, you get this wider range of motion. And in the bonus levels that the design specifically for the WiiWare version, those ones are designed to use more subtle uh, tilt mechanics. Hmm. So it's like, the, that comes into play then. You'll notice that you're not just turn, basically turning it 90 degrees like you were in the previous levels. Yeah. Well, uh, listener, GameScoop listeners get a, have a chance to win uh, a copy of, and yet it moves right now, uh, the developer of, has reached out to us and generously offered to gift 10 copies of the game to GameScoop listeners. All 10 of our listeners. <clears throat> yeah. Can I have nine of them? <laughs> So for your chance to win, we're, we're, we have 10 copies of Annie at Moves we're going to give away. For your chance to win, all you have to do is email gamescoop at IGN.com and put A-Y-I-M in the subject line, right? A-Y-I-M in the subject line. A-Y-I-M. Uh, and uh, I'll pick 10 at random uh, next week. So this isn't something where you have to be like fast. I'm not like going to pick the first 10 or anything. We're just going to pick 10 at random next week. I will forward your emails to the developer of Annie at Moves, and they will gift you guys the game. Cool? That's very awesome. Yeah, that's good. Very cool, then. Good thing I have 40 different email addresses. <laughs> Bill Jones. Roger Smith. Let's check in with the listeners. Uh, first off, Ryan... Oh, he's told he's written in before, and he told me how to pronounce his last name. It's Lowy. I think it, it's L-O-W-Y. I think he said it's not Lowy, or it is Lowy. Anyway... Ryan writes it. It's either is or it's not Lowy. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, he has a Floridora success story. Ooh. He says, uh, a college party, uh, he says, well, it didn't get me to knock any boots. It did solidify my decision on rushing a certain fraternity. Apparently, the Floridora solidified his decision. He says, a college party means a college bar. A college bar means lack of options. As the party drew to a close, the current fraternity brother tending, the current fraternity brother tending came over. What's your drink? He was tending bar. At the fraternity house? Apparently. Yeah. Okay. He says, what's your drink? So kidding around, I answered, Floridora. Instead of the what that I was expecting before I just asked for a shot, he took on a surprised expression and smirked. Scoop, he said. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> he told me to stick around, and afterwards we chatted a bit. He then introduced me to several of the other Scoop listeners that are brothers in the fraternity. Wow. You have a Scoop frat? This Given, is amazing. That's awesome. Given that every other house is primarily jocks or Jersey Shore knockoffs, <laughs> I knew I had found the one. So thanks, Scoop crew, for bringing people together yet again. Wow. Doesn't that just, that just warm the cockles yeah, of your great. heart? Yeah. Five beta Scoop. <laughs> yeah, something like that. 
Greg Wolf has a question about the review process. It says, uh, do you write down notes throughout your playthrough of the game? Do some reviewers write everything they see down, or do they just write about their most noteworthy experiences? I was just wondering, because I know you get a lot of questions about how to become a reviewer, but I've never heard of the process of actually reviewing a game and the differences between reviewers. I think it would be really funny if a reviewer wrote down everything they <laughs> then, did. Entering dungeon. <laughs> Over-encumbered. Oh, I now have to shed some weapons so that I can proceed. Yeah. I fired a round. Then I fired another round. Reloading. Then he de- died. Action <laughs> I of M1 forward. Garand is quite accurate. I think every reviewer has their own technique. Their own For me, it depends habits. on the game. Yeah. Um, some games, I never take a single note. Some games, I write a lot mm-hmm. while I'm playing. Kind of depends on if I'm writing more. If the game is really good or really bad, than I do if it's kind of run of the mill. Like I'm just kind of, if it's kind of meeting my expectations, but not really doing anything especially bad or especially good. I'm not really taking that many notes. But yeah, depends. I'll, I make notes of just the key talking points that I notice, like the gist of the game that I make sure that make sure I want the review to be about. And I'll also make note, like if I think of a good line while I'm mm-hmm. playing a game, like mm-hmm. oh, I want to use this line in my review. If I like when I'm playing Lara Croft, I want to say. You know, Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light is the best Tomb Raider game in a long time. I'll, I'll write that down so I make sure I can use it in the review. You're an ass. <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to think of that line later. Uh, yeah, you guys. Are, I'm trying to. You guys are Sorry. jerks. I write down funny things that I hear in a game too. Like yeah. if it's, a, if it's a, like a Japanese RPG with a particularly dumb line, I'll write that down. Something that I think is funny. Yeah, I'll write down really stupid dialogue. Yeah. So I can make fun of it later. Yeah. I write down really inappropriate jokes, and then uh, and then have to scrap them all <laughs> before the review is up. So when you want, but like something like you know something like uh, oh Raven Simone's a total fat ass. Is that something that you like you write down ahead of time, or does that come? <laughs> that just, that just comes right off the uh, <laughs> out of the cuff. I do I do note um, which games are named after San Diego strip clubs. Mm. <laughs> so if it's if it's one I recognize, uh, Atelier I, I jot that. <laughs> yes, Atelier Rorona is uh, my favorite uh, mid California strip club. <laughs> this is Austin Welch. <laughs> He says, I'm 18, starting college, and aiming for a degree in journalism. I love to talk about video games, and I practice writing reviews once a week. But my family has mentioned to me that newspaper, magazines, and journalism is going down the gutter. So, my question for you is, does video game journalism hold any promise in the near future? (laughs) Give or take 10 years. Will robots soon take over the world, or will journalism settle in digital media and forget the fancy artwork magazines? My options are either being an editor in a popular video game magazine, like IGN, or follow my dad's footsteps and join the military. Oh. I appreciate the podcast. Scoop. Those are two very okay. different I vocations. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. We are badass, gun-wielding dudes. Yeah. But All of us have military service, yeah, so that's actually... lots of it. We can't really talk about it. We all served in the same covert unit. We're kind of, already said too much? Yeah, we're kind of just... Yeah. We're kind yeah. of army brats. Have you, you heard know? of Black Ops? We we're above that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it was really hard. Every time we moved, we had to find a new why, group yeah. of friends. <laughs> well, that's why I just don't make friends. I just I put up walls and keep people at a distance, because I'm, I'm just going to lose Someone's them anyway. Is that also why you always have to sit with your back to the wall whenever we're at restaurants? Yeah. First of all, like, yes, I would certainly, yes, <laughs> we certainly hope game journalism holds promise in the near future. Yeah. If, if I may, Damon, mm-hmm. as someone who recently got his degree in journalism, mm-hmm. um, I would actually, and not jokingly, suggest changing your major. Um, not because uh, a journalism degree is bad necessarily, but because 
it's not um it's not a skill that necessarily requires a full major. Um, it's really if something you want to you can work learn... in video games, basically. If you want, if yeah, you want to be actually, writing about games across the board, journalism across the board, they don't need you to have a journalism degree. And in fact, they would probably prefer you to have a degree in something else with like a minor in journalism, so that because you can learn the skills like the journalism skills in a weekend. Like it's really not. <laughs> it's <Wow>. Really <laughs> not that. And people hard. spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, to get it's actually a joke. That. Um, the. I mean, like the basics for it, it's it's a different type of writing, but it's not like it's really all that complicated to kind of like learn these things. So if you're kind of if you're into it, you can you can learn the ropes pretty fast by like throwing yourself in the deep end, yeah, kind of thing. And then they prefer if you have knowledge or something else, because what a journalism degree gets you is learning the technical skills of of the journalism industry, and not necessarily like the knowledge it would take to accurately report on things. So I would suggest spreading out and gaining that knowledge in addition to the skills. Well, now, Ryan Geddes also has a journalism degree. Yeah, from a real journalism school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That my uh, accredited, award-winning journalism school uh, isn't what, good enough for you. Awards for like how awesome the snacks are in the vending machines or something? Well, to be fair, they are off the they, hook. Yeah, they are they off have the like... cheesy. <laughs> I kid, of course. Jack's program is a very solid one. Um, I think that what you, you, I think you're right. Ryan is just but... particularly proud of his school because he attended the University of Kansas, no, which is no, a no, fantastic no, 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 journalism no. school. I only attended the University of Kansas to <laughs> urinate. <on it. laughs> um, I think that what um, what a journalism degree does, if you want to go into, quote, traditional journalism, you have your eyes set on, I want to be at a big city newspaper or a CNN or something like that. The journalism degree gives you the, quote, stamp of approval that you might need to get in the door at some of those places. Yeah. But if you are a naturally talented writer – and you have great sort of organizational skills and you are really motivated. I totally agree with Jack that if you get an economics degree or, you know, a history degree or something like that, and then you have that uh, journalism minor, like you're saying, or, or something, something else related, you're in great shape. Because, yeah, there are a lot of people who come out of journalism school and they know all the rhetoric of, of the journalism world and they have all the... Um, you know, these pie-in-the-sky ideas about how it's going to be. But they don't have any experience in anything else. Right. The Actually, I think most, uh, if you talk to your guidance counselors at your school, they might actually recommend, which they did to me, was that I took something like uh, uh, social science or history or something like that and then got a master's in journalism, which I was like, oh, no, that means more school, so forget it. <laughs> also, they told me that. And on year three, so that wasn't an option. So thanks a lot, guidance <laughs> counselors. Which is why we're telling you now, 18-year-old kid who just started. I would say, though, uh, maybe would you guys agree, if, if you want to write about video games, have your eyes set on work, working online. Yeah. Yes, definitely. In, do not I, be... For actually, anything, actually, over, go on, over, online it's is so where it's over at. for print. I want to throw this guy and the other people who haven't asked this question but wanted to some more advice, which is get some experience working with video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, work. Yeah, video. Play around with iMovie. Becomes more and more important every day. Take a take a class on video production, which I did when I was in college, and you know, learn how it works. Know how to speak that language. Know how to write for video because video is increasingly become. Well, actually, if there's a class on holograms, take yeah. that. 
Yeah. yeah. Because holograms are the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they have a like motion controlled gaming journalism classes nowadays? <laughs> At the good schools they do. At the Jack. good schools. Yeah. Sorry, in my school we only had a two D gaming. <laughs> I, I had history of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Still being written. Yeah. <laughs> This is Henry. He says, I enjoy the show. Usually listen to it when jogging, going to class, completing a task that I do not want to do. Uh, Pretty much any situation. Anyway, I have a question about an article IGN had called Life Support, Games in Danger by Ryan Geddes. I remember that. I really enjoyed reading the article Mm. as I found it interesting and the information on each project educating in a way because it offers a glimpse into the video game industry on how some games fare in the competitive industry of video games. Wow. Since the last time this article was updated, March 3rd, my question is, is there any chance that this article would be updated anytime soon? It would be an interesting read to all the readers to find out how the games (laughs) mentioned in the article on March 3rd are doing now, and to find out about any new games that would deserve an addition to the list of games and dangers. (laughs) Thanks for reading my email. Hope you guys have a good weekend. I uh, love it. Uh, yes, this is actually on my list right now. Uh, Your bucket list? My bucket Things my to bucket do before list. you die. My bucket. Walrus, anybody? No? <laughs> no. Nobody, nobody's seen I'm lo- sorry, is Lalruses? it 2008? What? I can't go back to a meme. I've got to only stick with current memes. Yeah, that's how memes work. Yeah. They're kinda, ethereal. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to start singing Chocolate Rain I like the classics. (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny, though, isn't it? That guy. He can't sing, right? Tazon Dave. What kind of name is that? Oh, man. Anyway. Yes. I'm going to do it soon. It's on my list, and look for it. It's happening. Okay. Coming up. You got any new new games you're going to add in there that you can tease? Yes. No, I I can't tease any. (laughs) All right. Fine. Why would I do that? I'm ruin the. He doesn't fun. really. He doesn't really know. He actually hasn't even started thinking about this. I got to give you a little hint. I got to throw in fake games like Pokemon canceled. I have some new news about Huxley, the dystopia. <laughs> and, th- and this is Vegas. Remember that one? Remember yeah, that well, little gem? Yeah. yeah. Jim Riley loves to follow this is Vegas. Jim and I are, are working closely together on the life support feature. He feeds me hot tips. This is, uh, this is Asher Pembroke. That's a, not That's a, real a great name. name. Either it's, name. it's great fake, fake name or it's a British person. Oh, it is, it is a British person, isn't it? It says, I've been a faithful listener throughout my grad student career in physics. It has been well worth it. However, there are two areas of gaming that seem to get little or no attention by IGN, and I'd like to know why with an exclamation point. Why so confrontational? On the academic side, there doesn't seem to be much talk about computer graphics in general and what gamers can expect from the future side from better hardware. There are so many crazy, beautiful algorithms coming out of SIGGRAPH these days, but there's no one providing perspective on how much of it we can expect to see in the near future. <laughs> Dude, we don't know anything about that. I don't know what that. you're talking about. I can recommend this guy a publication. Yeah. It's called Game Developer Magazine. Yeah, he, you need true. to be reading Game Developer that's, Magazine. That's where all, you'll read about this stuff. Then he continues, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's no coverage of the esports scene. What? Why is oh. the best... Why is the best commentary on StarCraft coming from grassroots efforts, YouTube stars like Husky and HD, or pro sceners like Day9 and DJ Wheat? Who in the crap hell are these people? Um, for the record, I covered that Pokemon tournament, so... <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. That was, this is eSports. Record correct. Does IGN think readers just aren't interested in how their games are made, or how to micro-centuries like a pro? Or have I answered myself? Yes, you've answered yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Neither we or our readers, for the large part, care about SIGGRAPH algorithms or esports. 
I knew a guy who uh, was a professional Halo player and was sponsored by Pepsi. He mm-hmm. worked at the GameStop with me. Uh, and he was a tool. That was the end of that story. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just at an event where I was talking to a couple of the Bungie guys, and they, um, they you know, they they work kind of closely with the major league gaming people because they're Halo player. I mean, Halo is one of the games that they play. Yeah. And he was telling some crazy stories about how hardcore these guys are. Crazy and like, beautiful stories. Crazy beautiful stories. For, for instance, like he was saying that these teams of players have like a coach who has like a headset wired up to be able to talk to these guys, right? So while they're doing the tournament, this coach is barking in their ear. And what they're doing is they'll walk around with a stopwatch and they'll see when a weapon spawns and when somebody picks it up, they'll start their countdown timer. And so they're telling their players when those weapons are going to respawn down to the second. So they're saying like, rockets in five seconds. Rockets are coming back up in five seconds. So that all these guys got to do is go for the rockets when their coach or whatever tells them like, that's crazy. That's That's, that's that's nuts, nuts, man. Yeah, Yeah, I will will say that the esports thing, like people like to make fun of it, but it is really organized. It's really intense. It's really fast paced. Like for all, you know, it's, I wouldn't call it a sport or them athletes, but it is, I don't even know what the comparison is. Some sort of insane real time. Yeah. You know what? Competitive eating. It is on par with competitive eating, <laughs> and and in that sense, it should be on ESPN three at okay. two a.m. on July fourth. Now, here's the question that we were talking about with, with these guys, Hill and I were. It's so people will watch poker on television, which I find ridiculous. Yeah, that anybody would turn on their television and sit and watch people play cards. Mm-hmm. They have they have no stake in in this at all. Yes. But wouldn't watching people play hey, really good people play Halo be more interesting? Wouldn't it have to be more interesting. I would than say watching it's people play poker? more interesting than watching people play poker. But I still don't want to do it. I don't either. But yeah, you're yeah. right. I have no idea why people watch poker. I feel like it's got to be more interesting than watching people play billiards. Watching people bowl. Watching people do all sorts of things that they air on TV. Yeah. I mean, if it was produced, I mean, they, right? air, they actually do air this on TV. On like Spike TV was doing it, yeah. Major League Gaming coverage. No, I believe. It's, yeah, it's definitely on TV. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like they're getting, you know, ignored. But I don't know. We, I think just by us, <laughs> I would rather play games than watch people play games. Personally, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Like every other sport, I can't do any of those sports. I watch people play Major League Gaming, and it's like, well, I have Halo right here. <laughs> I could just play Halo right now. <laughs> All right, this is Isaac. He says, I'm 17 years old from New Hampshire. I recently reserved the Halo Reach Legendary Edition for my local GameStop. I would love to go to the midnight launch, but there is one problem. Because I am only 17, I cannot drive between the hours of 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. This means that I cannot dri- I can drive to GameStop, but not home. <laughs> one of my friends is 18. He says that he is going to reserve the game as well. However, I do not think that he will because he is a lazy son of a bitch. So my question is this. Is it even worth going to the midnight launch or should I just wait and pick up the game after school that day? So let me get this straight, Isaac. You want to go to the midnight launch and get Halo Reach and then you have to go to school the next day anyway? Like, so you're play, what, an hour maybe? I know. Like what? And then you're going to be in school all day. Why not just pick it up after school? Why not ditch school and go when it opens in the morning the next day and then play it all day? Well, that's yeah, there's fake, that too. Fake sick. If you're there's already like considering the idea of maybe breaking the law by driving illegally at night, <laughs> yeah. you may as well call it sick for work, that's for true. school. That, that seems to make more sense to me, too. This is from Michael Powers. <laughs> we give good advice. <laughs> Change your major, quit school, <laughs> play Halo. <laughs> uh 
Michael Powers says, while I realize there are many gamers who don't care about trophies or achievements, there are just as many or more that do. I was wondering why they are almost never mentioned in reviews. Hmm. Well, I don't know... I mean, I like earning an achievement here and there, but when, I don't ever th- consider achievements. When I'm considering like getting a game, I don't ever think, hmm, I wonder what the achievements are like. I've, <laughs> I've mentioned them before, but they're never something that we ever factor into how a game is. I mean, some of my favorite games have insane, impossible achievements that drive me nuts and I'll never get, and I yeah. hate them. And then all the games that I've platinumed are awful. So, like, <laughs> To me, it's like very simple. Achievements do not affect the gameplay in any way, and it doesn't affect the story in any way. So, yeah. in other words, like if I get an achievement, if I have my achievement notifications turned off, I will have the exact same experience, start to finish with a game, as I did if they were turned on. Right. I could choose to do different things to get the achievements, but that doesn't like change anything later in the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I, oh, man, I got the achievement in level one, like, level five is going to be the same no matter if I got that achievement or not. So, it doesn't really change the experience. Yeah. They're a condiment. It's like if a If you were metagame. reviewing food, Condiments a good way to you, think wouldn't, you wouldn't mark it down because you put too much ketchup on it yourself. Mark Springs. Hmm. It's kind of like competitive eating, too. Yeah. You if, you, if you dip your hot dog in too much fruit punch... To wolf it down faster, you wouldn't mark yourself down. All right. Mark Springs writes in, and his email uh, was marked with high importance. Oh, okay. (laughs) Good. He says, uh, I have a development in the debate you recently had concerning food, drinks, and the bathroom. Oh. I missed this. All right. Uh, Recently, Mr. Damon Hatfield was tweeting... Telling us about a debate between himself, Greg, and a few other. It was Ryan Geddes. Concerning food and drink being taken into the bathroom. No. With you for consumption while you do the deed. No. Me and my friends have also had this debate. Yeah. So, Jack, you're right. The answer is no. No. It's never okay. Ryan and Greg are of the mind that it's okay to take your beer into the bathroom. No. Yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. (laughs) People are too scared of the bathroom. Man, it's like this play, it might as well be like a hazardous waste dump in there to people. <laughs> it is a hazardous waste dump. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. I mean, what are you going to walk in and like just like your skin is going to start sloughing off if you don't like do the right thing? Come on, just go in, go to the bathroom, wash your hands, and leave. It's not that cr- it's not it's, that weird of a place. It's gross. Yeah, I don't see like. I'm fine being in there, but I don't want to. You have fun being in there? No, I'm fine being in there. Like, you go in and you do stuff, and you're drunk, and you pee, and you leave, but I don't want to bring things into it and then insert them into my mouth. Yeah. Likewise, I don't like making out with people in the bathroom, because it's gross in there. I I think we can all agree that making out in the bathroom is gross. What about just doing it in the bathroom? People do that. I'm I'm just asking. I find it gross. Yeah, I've never wanted to do that. All right, well, let Mark Springs continues. He says, My stance has always been that it shouldn't be done, and this led to some research to back up my opinion. The best way to enlighten all non-believers is to ask them about the different forms of water. For convenience, I will list them. The solid form of water is ice. Liquid, liquid form of water is clearly water. And the gaseous form can of I, water is steam. You're right. Yes. Now, that is all fine and dandy, but how does this end the debate between food and drink in oh, the bathroom? This Someone is going. Might ask. This is a whole new area I'd never even thought yeah. of. So, Jack, I want you to read the next part because there's some words in there I don't like to say. Okay. <clears throat> the solid form of poo is poo. <laughs> the liquid form of poo is diarrhea. And the, ga- the gaseous, gaseous? Yeah, gaseous. Yeah. I don't think that's how you say it. That's gaseous. How, it, that's gaseous, how you, yeah. yeah it, gaseous. He, he's spelling it the way it would. And the gaseous yeah. form of poo is a fart. 
There you go. In simple terms, this means if you smell a fart, you're smelling small particles of the solid form, and chances are these particles yes. are going elsewhere other than your nose. This is exactly the problem. So what? In which, <laughs> if you are eating and drinking in the bathroom, you are eating poo. So you're saying that if, if I give my wife a Dutch oven every night, oh I'm spraying. Spray poo at her. Well, uh, she's going to be very disappointed to to learn this. I told her it was harmless. I will have to ask Haley about this tomorrow night. Here's my other thing, which which his his letter brings up that I wasn't thinking of, but condensation on your beer. Yeah. Is from water molecules in the air, but if you bring in your beer and it's forming more condensation, that's from the bathroom air, which is like five minutes in an apocalypse. The apocalypse, <laughs> like the apocalypse. <laughs> God, it's like so so. Uh, it's, it's worried about I'm, this stuff. It's not that I'm afraid of things. I've brought my beer into a bathroom before and continued and to drink fine, it, I'm and I'm sure. fine. I just if I'm thinking about it, I actively, I actively do not do it. It's not like a freak out thing. It's just. Okay. Common courtesy, just like be, how I wash to, my hands because – To be clear though, this is not something I do all the time or Greg does all the time. It's just one of those like if there's not a great place to set down your drink where you can be sure that it's going to be there when you get back, hey, take it into the bathroom with you. Take it back out do again. Do you go to bars finish alone? It, finish it. What, you guys never will go with me. <laughs> yeah, you yeah always, exactly. You guys are when, always busy. That's you the always thing. make you an ass to, of yourself, yeah. right? You had to watch that one TV program that one time. That you really wanted to see, and Jack, yeah. you were. Do you have that hair? Appointment? I was washing my hair. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that's a very good point, Mark Springs, and I agree with you 100%. Thank I you. I think people are too for scared putting of putting that to rest. I think it's a little silly. Anyway. Uh, well, we have a couple interesting interpretations of the Sharktopus this week. Ooh. Yeah. Pictures? Yeah. Your Pictures. Sharktopus is filling up this wall. Yeah, I know. Steve Kim had forwarded this along. <laughs> and this one, it's like a, it's like an octopus head, but the tentacles have shark heads on the end. I of think them. he's taking Crazy. it too far. Really? What do you say? Uh, Steve Kim says uh, this is his take on the shark octopus. Traditionally, they have eight arms due to the octo, but since it's been replaced with sharks, I don't think it's that important. He says. <laughs> I actually do like the beak. Is that a beak? Yeah, in the middle. He's got a giant gigantic beak with lots of beaks. tiny teeth in the middle, and the more tentacles coming out of the beak. It looks Octopuses like. have uh, beaks too. They do. They? Okay. Yeah. I'm not up on my. Cephalopod. Cephalopod. Uh, Thank you. Thank so yeah, we've got that one. And then Stephen Strom writes Please in. Please let this be lightning a puss. Uh, no. Oh. But this one is the sharktopus uh, ejecting ink. Oh, oh, yes. That was another request from last week. Uh, so here. This one's actually really, really cool, right? This is like a black and white. Like I don't wow. know what, I don't know what the medium is. Whoa. Charcoal. I believe it's a ink. woodcut, Damon. Yeah. This, yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's a stereotype. It's like basically a gigantic like I'm octopus. Like the chiaroscuro in this <laughs> octopus octopus bulb. It's got several eyes, <laughs> three wow, eyes. This thing is great, actually. Yeah, really giant cool. shark mouth, lots of tentacles coming out of it, and then there's ink this like surrounded a, in like ink. Like an HP yeah. Lovecraft, yeah, fan art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's who's good. The, uh, who's the artist there? This is Stephen Strom. Uh, so actually, Ryan, would you like to do the honors and uh, sure. put these up on the big wall here? Sure. I'll, you know, I'll read wall, our last yeah, the wall is really starting to look like you know some Japanese movies that I wish I'd never seen. Better than this wall here. I have to look this at this wall. This one over here with Clement's face like, everywhere is the worst. It's just like the, like the worst what Photoshop's ever. What about you as ever. Peach? Yeah, I know. This is the worst Photoshop's ever wall is what this is. Oh, I actually like our uh, our fan art over there right next to the You're Horrible well, Yeah, that one's, one. I mean, that one's not a Photoshop. That one's no, actually but artwork. yeah, the Photoshop's on this wall are atrocious. Yeah, and you beyond listeners. You need to work on your Photoshop skills. Same with you MVC people. <laughs> Uh, all right, last uh, email of the week. This is from Rohan Rohan Hilton. Yeah, exactly. 
he says, I'm writing this at the end of a big night out. Just thought I'd chime in and say thanks. I'm a 22-year-old Australian who's been listening ever since the old weekend review days. Love, love every IGM podcast. I'd just like to thank you guys for being part of my life week in and week out. My girlfriend thinks I'm crazy when I tell her that the IGN editors are my friends. I've listened to a few scoops and MVCs with her, and she doesn't get it, mainly because she's not a gamer and doesn't pick up on all the inside jokes. But I consider Damon, Greg, Craig, and all the other IGN editors my friends, and I'm honored to be part of their lives from all the events and parties you guys talk about. When I hear that Geddes is moving back to San Fran, I feel glad and happy. Like an Alfmate is coming home. I assume Alfmate is something, some Australian thing we don't get. Maybe an old friend. O-L-F. O-L-F mate is coming Maybe home. Maybe old, old mate. Still one word. Anyway. Oh, okay. When I hear of exploits of the one and only Greg Miller, I loll at the craziness of it all. And when I hear Craig try and stick up for Nintendo, I cheer him on with glee. (laughs) And even though you guys know nothing about me, you've helped me through the hard times of the past years. So thanks for being there nearly every week. Keep up the awesome work. Rohan Han Hilton. Can we declare ourselves officially to be this guy's off mates? Yeah, we are. (laughs) We are his off mates. What's his name again? Rohan. Rohan. Yeah. Good name. We hereby declare ourselves to be your offmates. Yeah, and you are our offmate. Yeah. There is a blood oath involved, but since you're in Australia, we'll let it go. We're going to mail you our blood. <laughs> you you mail us a, a blood sample yourself. Actually, fingernail clippings are just fine. That's good. That'll, I, that'll I like too. hair. You like hair, yeah. Yeah, and so you gotta, I'll give on. him a, a strand of hair of each color. Wow. Which is currently coming off in my hands every time I wash my hair. It's really scary. Oh, wow. Apparently, when you dye your hair a lot over and over again, it starts to fall out. <laughs> the hair is coming out. The hair. I thought you meant the dye I is like, coming out. I wash my hair, and then I come back, and there are hairs all over my hands. Oh, oh. To it. That's basically what the rest of your life is going to look I'm like. I'm going bald. You know, this might not work out, because I, I have a strict no bald policy in, 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 for my employees. So oh. Ooh. Bummer. Yeah. Let's see. Geddes, Geddes Luckily, I'm not your employee. Geddes isn't under me. Oh, okay. He, he, well, and I'm well, not I guess bald. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I better uh, get above you quick. <laughs> Could happen. Yeah. Nipping at your heels, Damon. I know. I'm going after Hillary's job next. I told you it was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, you did try to warn me. All right, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Uh, we're about to bounce for a long holiday weekend. We hope all of you listeners have a nice weekend as well. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Jack. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.